Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. everybody. We are so happy to be joined today by Kristen Meinzer and Jolinta Greenberg of various podcasts, but you have a new show based, I guess, on By the Book, where you would read self-help books and follow their advice and then see how your lives were made so much better. So welcome to Trashy Divorces. Thank you so much for having us. We're so yeah. pumped to be here. Yeah, we're we excited to have to you. Um, so we've got like some broad topics because I know we're really fortunate. You are collectively royals experts and housewives experts, and those <laughs> are both very much up our alley. So um, Kristen, we there is so much coronation planning happening across the pond, and we were wondering if you maybe had any insights or updates or interesting stuff to share about the coming of King Charles III. Oh, King Charles. Well, just a reminder, Charles is already king. He became king in September when his mother, Elizabeth, died. So the coronation is really ceremonial. It's uh, more of a formality. It's also a religious ceremony where he gets anointed by the Archbishop of Canterbury and where he essentially becomes kind of like half Pope himself in the process with the Archbishop of Canterbury being kind of half the Pope and he's like the other half of the Pope for the Church of England. But Charles has said in the past that he wants his oath to be different. He is, you know, the coronation is in May on May 7th. And when it happens, rather than saying like all of his predecessors that he is going to be a defender of the faith, upholding the rights of the Church of England, he wants to say he's a defender of faith, period. Meaning he wants to embrace the fact that the UK is a multicultural place, and that means multiple religions. He wants to be more inclusive. So I think that is very forward thinking of him. And, you know, for all the ways that Charles is a problem and stodgy and clueless and cash for titles and all the other problems he's been involved with, I will say I agree with him on this point. I agree with him on his environmental, you know, where his heart is with environmentalism, even if he's not quite where he should be with that. You know, his his view of environmentalism is more, I like my estate where I can hunt foxes, not necessarily all of the things he should do. But so I do like his heart is in the right place. He's trying. We're going to see that in the coronation a little bit. But the main thing I know most people are watching for is not those words or the anointing. Most people are watching to see what's going to happen with Harry, Meghan, William, and Kate, right? Yep. <laughs> and Harry and Meghan have been invited. Will Harry and Meghan attend? If they attend, will they be put in the nosebleed section? Will they be allowed to wave from the balcony? Will they be part of a procession? Nobody quite knows. They may just be invited for formality's sake, but not because they get to take part in anything. And it's not looking, I mean, like a definite yes or no if they'll attend. Uh, just to give you an idea of how things stand with the family right now, 
Harry and Meghan, they christened, they had their uh, daughter, Lilibet, christened recently. They invited Charles and Camilla, and Charles and Camilla chose not to attend that christening. So well, we, we don't know what's going to happen with this coronation. I, I would say both ceremonies would be pretty important to a, a family, but... Yeah, I do yep. think it's interesting that one is more about family and one is more about like upholding royal tradition and like the family one's already been opted out of. Yes, that's very interesting point, Jolenta. Yeah, because you're right. The coronation, that's for the firm. That's the business side right. of things, not the family. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's also, I mean... You know, we talk about like when when governments are in disputes, like the the diplomatic language that is used and what it signals or doesn't. And you can draw that line. I mean, it's really clear, like this, the games that royal houses have been playing for centuries is directly feeding that whole like. And then if we say congratulations on your new, you know, prime ministership, it means this. But if we, you know, all of the all of the various shades that governments use is what is playing out in House Windsor right now. Oh, very much so. Very much so. A lot of it's just, you know, reading between the lines, but what's between the lines is pretty glaring. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jolenta, you have actually written an entire book, and listeners, the book is called Modern Harpies, Why Loving the Real Housewives Means You're Cultured AF about, you know, the advantages of loving the real housewives. But I am curious, does this mean we have to love Erica Jane? No, no, you do not. (laughs) No, Erica Jane, she was fun to love at the beginning because, you know, she was over the top. She it's interesting to watch someone buy their way into a music performance career And then we find out all of this over-the-topness, all of the money she's able to put into becoming a performance artist is most likely stolen from victims of class action lawsuits that her husband represented. Victims of, you know, freak gas pipeline explosions or airplane crashes. Yeah, the orphans of airplane crash victims is my favorite group to be defrauded. Uh it's bad. And, you know, I do think I have heard through like, you know, fifth hand rumor mill, like probably processed through a podcast here or there at some point. Like I have heard that her divorce from Tom Girardi, the prominent, you know, now decrowned lawyer of LA is, is essentially fake. It's a real divorce, but it's done. So money can be squirreled away before it's seized and given back to the rightful owners. And I've heard like basically a friend of his is paying her rent and paying for her life with money that like they probably gifted him before their divorce. So no, you do not have to like Erica Jane because she's making a mockery of divorce even, you know? Yeah, I feel like the Housewives franchise is having a real problem with people who've decided they want to be famous and criminals. Right. It's like it's like somehow they missed the note that like you're under a microscope when you're on TV where it's um, the same with Jen Shaw. She thought she could run an empire defrauding senior citizens through like phone banking scams and also like 
flash all that wealth when immediately people are like, so how are you so wealthy? And like, she's, you know, throwing out word salad from day one. It becomes pretty obvious, like something's amiss. It's the synergy of right. the synergistics. And people, I mean, people are already speculating how long is her husband, Coach Shaw, going to stay with her during her, uh, what, most likely six year prison sentence. Like that's. That's a long ask. When we've had other housewives uh, go to jail, like Teresa Judice and her husband Joe, they ended up divorcing while he was while he was incarcerated. So, you know, hard to stay married during incarceration when people have been frauding other people. Yeah, although it does seem hard to stay married at all if you're in that universe. Um, right. We've attributed a lot of that to just the role reversal. Like a lot of these women yes. had successful husbands. And then they become the primary famous rich people and just that dynamic totally. blows up. Totally. Especially with the athlete husbands, the former athletes. It's their retired athlete. They're used to being the sole center of their universe. And now all of a sudden there are camera crews like following their spouse around who's only ever existed to sort of support them or raise their kids or, you know, show up at games and watching them sort of spin out. And then like resent their partners to the point of like cheating and divorce often. I mean, we're even seeing it happen with like Karen Huger uh, in Potomac. Her husband, Ray, was, you know, as she coined him, the Black Bill Gates. And he was clearly a prominent businessman. And now she's in the spotlight. He's retired, wants to move to Florida, but also still throwing tantrums about how, like, she's not a good wife anymore, basically, because she's not at his beck and call, just like waiting at home for him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Modern love. Right. On your show by the book, the two of you have read, I don't, you, you may have a count. I have no idea how many self-help books that you've read are, do you have any recommendations based on this extensive research you've conducted for our listeners who maybe are going through a breakup or other life difficulty? Uh, what, what, what are some of the, the best tips you've learned from this extensive research? So yeah, we have lived by close to a hundred self-help books across wow. 10 seasons. And we also lived by a lot of relationship hacks for one of our spinoff shows called Romance Road Test. On that show, Jill Lent and I actually experimented on our own marriages. So if you want to learn how to end a marriage, listen to Romance Road Test, because a lot of those experiments made things worse. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them made things better, but yeah, that's Romance Road Test. But on By the Book, we have lived by many different kinds of relationship books and, you know, self-actualization books and so on. But there's one book we didn't live by that I, I think deserves a shout out here. And I recommend it all the time. It's called A Breakup Because It's Broken. And just the title of the book alone says it. It's called A Breakup Because It's Broken. Why are you mourning this thing? Why are you trying to fix this thing? Why are you trying to win back this thing? This doesn't need to be fixed. It doesn't need to be recovered. It's called a breakup because it's broken. And I loved this book. I used it through a couple of breakups. I love it because it's not just about mantras or affirmations taped to your mirror. It's about real practical tips and action items. It's the first half of the book is about the breakup. The second half of the book is about what they call the breakover. So the first half is like, how do you cope with what you're going through? How do you reason around it? What are behaviors you should do and should not do? 
And then the break over, same thing. What are things you should do and should not do? Here are constructive, actual steps for you to take. And I'm all about a book that has concrete steps. So few self-help books. Jolenta and I, my God, what percentage of books that we have lived by actually have concrete steps? So few. Yeah, I'd say 10%, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jolenta, I think I recall an episode, this may have been uh, a, a road test. You were reading a book that recommended that you and your husband have sex daily and you ended up very sore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was for romance road test. It's like it's a common recommendation to like spice things up and keep things fresh. Try something new for a month or for a week in the bed. And yeah, it got maybe I'm not creative enough, but I just got sore and like things got a little redundant. But again, <laughs> that may speak to my creativity. <laughs> you know, I applaud your willingness at first. to discuss that <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disentel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disentel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So as listeners of Trashy Divorces, uh, what are some of your favorite Trashy Divorces? And are there any couples that you wish could have worked it out? So for me, Jolenta speaking, I love any divorce having to do with Elizabeth Taylor. I especially love the fact that she was one of the first women in the public spotlight to just like burn through men the way, you know, men tend to burn through women and have been publicly forever. So it's just nice to see the shoe on the other foot with such a, you know, boss lady. And I am always curious about her relationship with Richard Burton. I do wish I could have been a fly on a wall in one of their homes because you're always curious about the person someone remarries after divorcing them. You know, like what made him stick around? What made the initial divorce? Like why, why decide to fully commit again? And then also I'm always a little curious about the Eddie Fisher relationship. I sometimes wish that one would have lasted longer too. Hmm. And Kristen, uh, any any favorites of yours or people you wish had managed to put it back together? Well, I've loved so many episodes of your show. I've listened to almost every episode of your show. And listeners of By the Book will recall that when your show first launched, I even shouted out your show on By the Book at one point because I was such a fan of it. Um, Early adopter. That's right. I loved your show from the get-go. But one episode of yours I really loved was the Wallace Simpson episode. Hmm. Because I think a lot of people, you know, we focus on Edward and Edward abdicating so he could be with Wallace, but we don't really talk very often about who was Wallace married to before. And I love that y'all focused on that. And had a totally different take on things like, no, Edward was not the great love of her life. It was the guy before. And so I always liked that episode because it was just, it it was kind of going against the grain of what is the real love story here. So I always really enjoyed that one. And I have to say, I also really enjoyed your recent episode on Gail King because that episode is not just about Gail's husband cheating on her with her friend. I mean, Gail walked in and found them in her (sighs) bed together you know, which was terrible. But but what I really loved about that episode is the real love story there is between Gail and Oprah. And I feel like our society doesn't give those kinds of friendships a fair shake, including Gail and Oprah. Like the world prefers to speculate that they're lovers rather than believe that two women can actually be that good of friends without competition, without undermining each other, without being bitchy. But I wish our society embraced that kind of friendship more. For a lot of people, the great love of their life isn't a partner. It is a best friend. And we should celebrate that more. So I love that in your episode, I feel like you really gave that spotlight to that kind of friendship in a way that it deserved. So I loved that. I'm all about that. Yeah, Alicia is a a huge champion of female friendship and did a great job with Gail King and with Wallace Simpson. Yeah, I think both of those episodes were great. I mean, all your episodes are great, but I have have a warm spot in my heart for those two. Well, thank you. Let's talk about your new show. So having, again, done this extensive research into self-help, your new show is called How to Be Fine, which seems like you would be experts on this at this point. What self-help actually works in getting through the stages of, say, the end of a bad relationship? 
Oh, that's a tough one. I'd say working on your own self-talk is something that uh, I probably wish I would have done more of after a few breakups. You know, there are like tapes we play in our head, the way we talk to ourselves, the views we have about ourselves. And often uh, a breakup will sort of shake things up. They'll either, you know, make those tapes that are negative play even louder and faster or add new negative, sad things to sort of uh, play to yourself. And to sort of take time to examine like where those messages are actually coming from. Is this something you believe about yourself? Is it something that maybe an ex-partner or a partner you're currently breaking up with believes about you that you've taken on? And, you know, you're allowed to sort of rewrite those tapes and talk to yourself in nice ways and just try to remember, like, would you talk to a friend the way you talk to yourself in your head? And if you wouldn't, like, take some time to, like, give yourself some TLC, especially if you're going through a breakup because you need it. No, I think that's such a good, like, benchmark. Like, would you talk to your best friend this way? Would you ever say this thing? Would Gail say it to Oprah? Yes, Gail would never say that to Oprah. Gail would never say, Oprah, you're just a garbage person that no one's going to love, you know? Just to add to what. (laughs) And just to add to what Jolenta said there, I, I would just add that sometimes just changing what is around you may help you as well. And by what's around you, I'm speaking of myself here. When I've broken up with people in the past, I have made sure that those uh, keepsakes or old t-shirts that he left behind are boxed up and either thrown in the trash or left on the front stoop at a specific time for him to pick up when I am not there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've made sure that we are not friends anymore on any social media platforms. I block them so I don't have to ever see their updates again on Facebook or Instagram because it makes my life better. It gives me one less thing to dwell on. I don't have to have constant reminders. And for the few and far between friends who think that they're supposed to bring up the ex all the time, like, oh God, did you hear what he's doing now? To nip that in the bud and say, hey friend, I don't want to hear about what he's doing now. Don't ever speak his name around me again. I'm (laughs) going to move on and we're not going to discuss him anymore. So changing my environment, changing what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what's in my household, I find that that is very helpful for me when I've gone through breakups. Yeah, that seems very powerful because with social media, it is so easy to, uh, you know, keep tabs on people, even if doing so does not bring you joy or help you move forward in any way. Yeah, it's easy to dwell when you can always check their Twitter feed or Instagram or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And dwelling, it doesn't make things better. It just doesn't. No. All right. So on the topic of breakups, because we're always looking for help, any any particular couples or, or friend breakups or band breakups or anything that you guys would like to see on a future Trashy Divorces episode? Ooh. I mean, if we're talking housewives still, if I'm allowed to, I would love to see you cover the recent split of Lisa and Lenny Hochstein. They had basically a really rough separation that took place over this past season of Miami Housewives on Peacock. And, you know, it starts with this hot mic moment where they're hosting a party and he is overheard telling his friend, like, want to know something? Like, I'm leaving her. 
And like, you want to know why? I love someone else. I won't even sleep with her because I feel like I'm cheating on the one I really love. Oh, and then wow. his friend is like, um, can they hear you? Aren't you mic'd? And he's like, why do you think I'm talking so quiet? Oh. <laughs> and they play this all over like Lisa hosting a party, like basically for him. And he gets brutal. He tries to get her out of the house. He's basically telling her, you and our two children, like, under seven, need to find a new place to live. My girlfriend's moving in. Uh, it's it's really messy. He likes to throw parties for models because he's a plastic surgeon. And he thinks that's how he'll, like, drum up work. So he's already, like, cheating on the mistress. And I just... I really think the logistics of a divorce like that are so interesting. A lot of it ends up about like being like, stay in the house, like stake that claim. And just sort of seeing that all play out on TV has made me even more curious about like the ins and outs of that split. Yeah, that sounds dirty. It's bad. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All the trash cans to that divorce. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Kristen, any, any babes from you? Yeah, well, I've been really into sibling breakups lately. And part of that is because of what's been going on between William and Harry. And, you know, these two brothers have always been very different. Harry got to live in some ways a more conventional life. He got to speak out about things that he considered world problems. He got to, you know, make mistakes. Meanwhile, William was always, because he was the future king, on the straight and narrow. He had to be traditional. He had to be vanilla. He had to marry his college sweetheart, which to me sounds like a nightmare. I'm like, why would I want to marry the person I dated when I was 18? God, that sounds terrible. And so, you know, they've always been very different. But then once they were both married to their respective wives, their differences came even more, you know, to the fore. And we could see what different paths they were on. And so, you know, some siblings break up because things become more obvious once they're married. Sometimes siblings break up just because they've always kind of hated each other. And there's so many sibling breakups I'm fascinated with, ones that you've even talked about on the show, like Jackie Kennedy and Lee Radziwill or Olivia de Havilland and Joan Fontaine. There are so many great sibling feuds and breakups to cover. I would just love for you to do a, you know, a 10-part series all about siblings breaking up or fighting or feuding. That sounds meaty and fun. Um, do you think that there's any hope for Harry and Wills to repair? I I know there's speculation that maybe Will had an inappropriate relationship or something that may have upset Harry. Like, do you, do you, is there any hope for them to move past that? Or is that probably a permanent feud? Let's keep in mind, William and Harry are still pretty young. If their grandmother and grandfather are any indication, they have another 60 years left on earth to figure this relationship out if they want to. And siblings can go through rough patches with each other. But I mean, I'm just going to point fingers here. And I'm sure a lot of people won't like this. I think a lot of the problem is Kate Middleton here. And mm -hmm. based on what Harry says in his memoir, Spare, Kate looked down a lot on Megan. Kate thought that, you know, Megan wasn't classy. She was overly friendly. She did things like hug her family members, which Kate found distasteful. Yeah. Yeah, don't hug your family members. That's not appropriate around here. You know, step up her lip. Do you yes. do you think it's Kate herself or like what she represents and like Megan in contrast to that? What I really think is that Kate 
has adopted hook, line, and sinker her new role in the aristocracy right. and doesn't ever want to remember she was a commoner. She doesn't want to interact with people who are commoners. And she doesn't want to behave in any way that might remind people that she was a right. commoner okay. before all yeah, of this. that makes sense. And so simple things like hugging, laughing it up, sharing a lip gloss with a friend, any of these things that you might do as a commoner, she is very, very, yeah, she's very judgmental. She doesn't like it when you like touch car doors and stuff. Exactly, exactly. So I feel like because she has become so much this you know, figure in her She's own mind, on, like so much. Yeah. Yes. Um, in the public's mind and in her own mind, I feel like she has just almost become embarrassed of where she came from and doesn't want to do anything that might look like she's from that. That's my that's theory. really, that's really interesting and kind of sad to be honest. Yeah. Whereas, you know, M- Megan owns it. She's like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I, I like to wear ripped jeans. Who cares? You know, <laughs> this is who I am. I, I I like taking herbal medicines. Who cares? I, I hug like people. Throwing an arm around my mom. Like, yes. <laughs> I like doing these things. Who cares? Right. Well, if she had achieved a level of professional success in her own right, entirely separate and, and like before becoming engaged to a right, like she had her own achievements to look back on. I'm not sure to what extent Kate did uh, or does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kate, she was a child of a working class family. The working class family did very well with their business. They had a party accessories and party planning business. Kate at one point worked for the family business for a while. But other than that, she didn't really have her own path. She didn't really have her own career. It was either her parents' path or her fiance, now husband's path. And she never really had anything that she could be proud of or take ownership of in the same way that Megan could. Megan already was like a UN goodwill ambassador. She already right. was a self-made millionaire. Success, she had a very, very respected career. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was a big fan of Suits back when it was on. And so when she became prominent in this other sphere, I was like, this is very odd. <laughs> like, yes. right? Yeah. Like, Such different worlds. This is like yeah. cable star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen and Jolenta, you are both lovely, and it has been wonderful to chat with you today. Where can people find How to Be Fine, and and where can they find each of you on social? How to Be Fine, you can find by just searching How to Be Fine in any place you listen to podcasts. We're also on Instagram, at How to Be Fine Pod. And you can also find Kristen and I on Instagram. I'm Jolenta underscore G. And Kristen is K10 Meinzer. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Be sure to check out How to Be Fine so you can learn how to be fine. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday with more Trashy Divorces. Thanks again. And Kristen and Jolenta, do you want to bid adieu to our listeners? And until next time, keep your hands clean. And keep your hearts trashy. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. 
Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.